Good afternoon. It is a beautiful midweek Wednesday getting going in the afternoon, but don't get too used to it. The weather will be a-changing. Before we really look at news today, uh, we do want to talk a little bit about the softball situation here in Colville. The girls' softball, they play Freeman this afternoon. Uh, Probably best if you just listen on the radio because, uh, yeah, you can thank the city of Colville They still have the gates locked, closed, and both sides of the road right there near Vaughan Park have no parking signs. So, well, I don't know how you go watch the game one of these days. Maybe the city will unlock the uh, gates. The, The city says, well, it's been cold at night and warm during the day, and They don't want to tear up the uh, parking lot. Okay, well, whatever. But we've got softball this afternoon. 4 o'clock is the game time. We plan on having it on KCVL with Earl Adams. But, uh, yeah, you can thank the city for not being able to go to the softball game this afternoon. Uh, fallout kind of continuing from those big bank failures uh, last week. Silicon Valley Bank, uh, they had uh, $67 million in their stock was with a uh, California investment fund with the state, uh, the Ohio State Teachers Retirement System, the New York State Common Fund, and the Washington State Investment Board. They were among those that had stock in those two banks that failed their stocks well, Silicon Valley stock had been trading at $700 a share. Um, the East Coast Bank, about $300 a share. So these pension systems, they own shares of these banks, part of their index fund. Um, I say it's certainly not going to help the pensions, but uh, they uh, were not a... Uh, real large percentage they spread around their holdings so um, they were significant and uh, very interesting that Washington State their investment board was one of the uh, losers in the uh, failed banks they had stock in those banks here in Colville today, our air quality is moderate. Over in OMAC, their air quality is unhealthy for sensitive groups. Um, most of the air quality reporting stations in Spokane are just in the good category. There are moderate readings also in some parts of Spokane. Earlier this week, Monday, 
it officially became spring. Monday marked the spring equinox. What does that mean? What is the spring equinox? You know, the earth travels around the sun. It does so at an angle. So most of the year, the earth's axis is tilted either toward or away from the sun. And that means the sun's warmth and the light fall unequally on the northern and southern halves of the planet. Well, during the equinox, the Earth's axis and its orbit line up so that both hemispheres get an equal amount of sunlight. The word equinox comes from two Latin words meaning equal and night. Because the on the equinox, day and night last almost the same amount of time. Though one may get a few extra minutes depending where you are on the planet. So the spring equinox can land on March 19th, 20th, or 21st. It all depends on the year. This year it was Monday on the 20th at 5.24 in the evening, Eastern Time. Now, really, there are two, two types of spring. There's the meteoro meteorology and the astronomical. Um, the meteorological is put into like three-month seasons. And those are based on temperature cycles. Uh, spring, actually in the three-month periods, would have started March 1st and runs until May 31st. The astronomical seasons depend on how the Earth moves around the sun. So the equinoxes, when the sun lands equally on both hemispheres, that marks the start of spring and the start of autumn. The solstice, when the Earth sees the strongest tilt toward or away from the sun, that kicks off summer and winter. All right, now that spring is here, uh, for the north of the equator, the daylight is going to keep stretching longer, earlier sunrise, later sunsets until the summer solstice in June. Of course, the new season signals warmer weather, budding plants, the animals migrate. Now, if you are down in the southern hemisphere, it's just the opposite. The days will be getting shorter as that half of the planet heads out of summer into autumn. So, uh, if you want to believe the government, the national outlook for the season, uh, they still say it is going to continue wet weather, and that is certainly easing the drought conditions here in the western part of the country. 
there are going to be flood risks as the snow melts in the Midwest and the southern and the eastern U.S., they say, should see warmer than usual temperatures this spring. Parts of the Great Basin and the northern plains are going to be chillier than normal. Spring is here. The temperatures are rising outside and the prices are falling inside at Saunders Furniture in Colville. Spring into savings with Flexdale reclining furniture up to 50% off. Plus, don't let inflation keep you from the furniture of your dreams. Saunders Furniture has up to 12 months special financing with 0% interest and $0 down on approved credit. Spring into savings at Saunders Furniture, downtown Colville. Well, the west side of the state, they still are after your guns. There's continuing hearings on bills that threaten the Second Amendment rights. Let's check with our state senator, Shelley Short. 7th District Legislative Update with Senator Shelley Short. I'm Tracy Ellis. Hello, Senator Short. Hello, and welcome to folks back home. You're busy defending Second Amendment rights again as some House bills are now getting hearings in the Senate. What's the latest? What we're doing today is really timely because there are two House bills, very anti-Second Amendment House bills that are being heard in the Senate Law and Justice Committee on March 23rd at 8 a.m. If, if you're as opposed as I am to these bills, sign in. Whether you testify or not, sign in con. You can go to www.leg.wa.gov, enter the bill numbers, their House Bill 1143 and House Bill 1240, and you can take it from there. Sign in. We need folks to be expressing their opinions. This is a perfect time to do it. These bills, in my opinion, are very anti-Second Amendment. 1240 is about the assault weapons ban, and the definition in this for listeners is so broad that I guarantee you firearms that you own today in your homes right now will qualify as assault weapons. It is the most ridiculously broad bill I've ever seen. 1143, it says a lot of nice things about we need to be safe with firearms and it establishes all these programs and additional background checks and additional registries. Folks need to know that. Law-abiding gun owners have never never been the problem. We have rampant crime. We have law enforcement that had tools taken away. In fact, there's even a bill in the legislature today introduced in the House that if you are a criminal and you use a gun in the commission of a violent crime, you do not spend additional time in prison for that. Let that sink in. So as we talk about decriminalizing drugs and all of the different things we have going on with public safety in our communities and rampant crime, these bills do not help. They hurt. Please, please get involved. March 23rd, 8 o'clock a.m., Senate Law and Justice Committee. Senator Shelley Short, thank you so much. Thank you. And that's um, your 7th District Legislative Update. All right, that's coming up tomorrow. If you want to sign in, there's a whole lot of bills that are just plain stupid. Sign in. There's a button there. You're either uh, for something or you're either pro or con. And uh, in most of these bills, you want to check the con button. City of Spokane asking the Superior Court judge to declare that illegal big homeless encampment on state transportation of property in East Central Spokane, a chronic drug nuisance property, 
and authorize a warrant of abatement for its cleanup. A 25-page action filed this week by the city of Spokane. That coming shortly after that propane tank explosion that caused a fire and injuries to two of the camp occupants on Friday. Very similar to a recent fire at a homeless camp over in Seattle in the Wallingford neighborhood near the Ship Canal Bridge. Again, State Department of Transportation uh, involved in that. When your vehicle is involved in an accident, you want collision repair performed by highly trained experts. Since 1984, Carey's Auto Body has been your specialist. We handle the complete repair process to get you back on the road as quickly as possible. Carey's Auto Body works carefully with your insurance company to repair your vehicle to before accident condition. Carey's Auto Body, 1101 South Main in Colville. Log on to careysautobody.com or call 509-684-2588. Nadine Woodward in the city of Spokane, at least some on the council, are doing all they can battling an uphill battle against the state. The city of Spokane says the state has failed to stop the drug and criminal activity. It is being used to deliver, sell, store, give away controlled substances. The state failing to prevent occupants from entering vehicles, homes, and property, committing crimes, organizing, planning, financing, the theft of property to others, knowingly causing fires on the property entering vehicles with the intent to commit crimes. Of course, there's the litter, the refuge, the rubbish, the discarded items, the waste materials. All on the state uh, Department of Transportation property, and uh, the state just uh, lets it go on in the city of Spokane. They they have filed the suit. The state, of course, is enraged that uh, the city would do that. We'll see see what the judge has to say about it. This week, we've been hearing a lot from Bill Baker about changes to the sturgeon fishery on Lake Roosevelt. Uh, The question of the week with uh, Fish and Wildlife this week, they talk about pike suppression here in the area. Hi, folks. I'm Bill Baker, district fish biologist with your Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife office in Colville. We were recently asked, will northern pike suppression work take place on Lake Roosevelt and the Ponderay River again this spring? Yes, the work to suppress the spread of northern pike takes place annually, generally between March and June of each year when the fish are staging to spawn. This year, suppression efforts have already begun in the Ponderay River and will start at Lake Roosevelt in April. WDFW partners with the Kalispell Tribe on the Ponderay River and the Confederated Tribes of the Colville Reservation and the Spokane Tribe of Indians on Lake Roosevelt to net and remove these invasive fish. This work is conducted because the northern pike is an apex predator with prolific spawning potential and a voracious appetite for fish. 
When introduced outside their native range, northern pike can cause large-scale changes to fish communities, in some cases leading to elimination of entire species. The annual suppression work is focused on reducing impacts to resident fish populations and limiting movement of northern pike downstream in the Columbia River into areas inhabited by salmon and steelhead populations. Spread of northern pike into the anadromous zone would pose serious biological and economic risk in the form of negative impacts to sensitive fish species and existing salmon and steelhead fisheries. So this work is key. More information on Northern Pike and reports for ongoing suppression efforts can be found on the WDFW website. Go to wdfw.wa.gov and type Northern Pike into the search box in the upper right-hand corner of the page. If you have a question for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, send it to communications at dfw.wa.gov or call 509-563-5495. Please include an email address or phone number because you can win a prize for asking questions. There'll be a random drawing each week of people who submit questions. Thanks. Tune in to the news Wednesdays at 7, 8, noon, and 5 for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife Question of the Week. Email your questions on fish, wildlife, habitat, hunting, and more to communications at dfw.wa.gov. Or you can call 509-563-5495 and leave us your question. We'll answer one question every Wednesday. All right. Uh, this is kind of the Bill Baker week. Uh, We've got that uh, public uh, meeting coming up uh, tomorrow at the Ag Trade Center here in Colville, uh, answering questions uh, you have about the sturgeon fishery. Let's uh, hear some more about the reasons for changing the white sturgeon fishery to a fall fishery. Again, Bill Baker. For your classes produced between 2011 and 2016, Fish were generally smaller in number and size at release, which translated into poor survival. Thus, we have approximately six-year classes of concern for which there are a limited number of individuals. Now, by the 2017-year class, we largely had the collection and infrastructure challenges figured out, and from that point forward, the program has been pretty stable. And because every sturgeon stocked has a pit tag, we can identify individuals that are caught once they're in Lake Roosevelt, either in the fishery or in stock assessment sampling. So we have a really good idea of length of age. Now, as you'll recall, the harvest slot for the last couple of years has been 50 to 63 inches. The direct gamete take fish generally began recruiting into the bottom end of that slot at around eight to nine years of age. For the first few year classes of wild-caught larvae, their growth lagged just a bit, likely due to a slow start because of the small size at release. But for later year classes, growth seems to be tracking similarly to the direct gamete take fish. And as of last year, we had eight-year-old wild-caught larvae that were nearly 50 inches. The bottom line is that it is now time to move the bottom end of the slot in order to offer some protection for these weaker year classes. Talk a little bit about the wild adult population projected abundance of wild adult sturgeon through 2032 based on survival estimates from stock assessment. We have more adult sturgeon in Lake Roosevelt than in the Canadian reach, but the mortality rate is higher. And at the current rate, we anticipate that we'll have fewer than 500 adults left by 2027. One of the concerns is that non-harvest fishery impacts, for example, hooking mortality, 
may play a role in speeding up this decline, and we want to maintain this original wild adult stock as long as we can. Over the past few years, the sturgeon fishing season has occurred during the summer and early fall when water temperatures are at their peak, generally something over 60 degrees Fahrenheit. And because sturgeon are cold-blooded animals, there's a strong relationship between water temperature and handling stress. So when fish are caught, the incidence of mortality is higher when water temperatures are elevated. Water temperatures in Lake Roosevelt begin to drop around mid-September, and they continue to decline throughout the fall and winter months. A sturgeon fishery during this period represents less risk to the wild adult population. All right, so they're moving the fishing season. Uh, tomorrow is the meeting, 6.30 at the Ag Trade Center. It's going to go till about 8 o'clock. Um, they've been collecting a lot of data, trying to do the science uh, for this fishery. And uh, so if you want to have your questions ready, Fish and Wildlife will be there at the Ag Trade Center tomorrow night at 6.30. You know Fogel Pump and Supply drills wells, but did you know they can improve the flow of your existing well? It's called hydrofracturing, and it opens new water-producing veins in your low-producing well so you get more water. Talk to the professionals at Fogel Pump and Supply about improving your water supply with hydrofracturing. Fogel Pump and Supply, the water professionals. Now scheduling well drilling for summer 2023. Call us today for your free estimate. A softball action coming up here on the radio this afternoon, 4 o'clock. Looks like you should have some good weather for that. Freeman and Colville going to tangle up. Northeast A-League softball, uh, softball Saturday with Riverside and uh, uh, doubleheader in Colville baseball Saturday. Seattle Mariners almost ready for the regular season. I'm going to kind of wrap things up the last week of March, getting ready for the season opener against the Cleveland Guardians on Thursday the 30th. They open up. It is a three-game series in Seattle, a four-game series against Cleveland, three games against the Los Angeles Angels, and then the Mariners go on the road to Cleveland and Chicago, opening up the 2023 regular season, finishing up the uh, spring schedule. Mariners taking on the Dodgers tonight, the Cincinnati Reds Thursday, Oakland Athletics Friday, close things out against Arizona, San Diego, Sunday and Monday, and Sunday will be at San Diego, up in Seattle on Monday, and then the regular season gets underway. 
A look at today's local weather forecast. It's brought to you by ABC Heating and Electric, 411 West 2nd in Colville. If you're looking for a little comfort in your life, call the expert, your carrier dealer at ABC Heating and Electric. Give Deb a call, 684-2018. Sunshine, 56 degrees today, 27 the overnight low tonight, 48 on Thursday. But by midday, we're going to see rain and then likely turning to snow overnight because it's going to cool down below freezing and we might get a half inch of wet snow here in the valley. Overnight low is only going to be around 30. Friday, start off as snow showers turning to rain. A high, only 44 on Friday, down to 25 Friday night, 45 the high Saturday. Snow showers continuing Saturday night into Sunday morning, then turning partly sunny, 47 the high Sunday On Monday, warming back up, 51. The expected high on Monday, still some scattered showers. And rain, snow overnight, 54 the high on Tuesday. Carrier dealers, the authorities are getting peak performance from your heating and cooling system. See them at ABC Heating and Electric. Thanks for joining us. I'm Eric Carpenter, and this is KCVL, KCRK.